Rams 26, Giants 25. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bob. It's going to here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And don't mind the background noise. Uh, the fireworks, they're, they're starting to get lit. It's 6.15 in Florida. They're starting to get lit. Justin, you were at the stadium today. Uh, I feel like this was the best of both worlds for Giants fans today, right? And specifically the fans of the Giants. Because, man, you saw some really good things, like that are transferable into the future, right? Like, you know, the way this offense could be operated, obviously you saw some negatives in it too. Uh, defensively, like not some great game, but you also saw like the the positive signs of Wink Martindale defense, which we'll see. But at the end of the day, the Giants still have a chance at the second overall pick and are currently at fifth, where if they won, they would, you know, be lower and, and have a, you know, a, at best could be, be fifth in that. Justin, how are you? Bob Skinner, I'm good, man. Uh, it's great. It's great to be talking to you. Uh, had a really, really had a good day at MetLife Stadium. Like everybody was awesome from the tailgate, from inside to the stadium. Everybody saying hi. It was, it was, it was fun. But it's so crazy how, Bobby, you get to the second half and you have the explosive play to Slayton. You have, you know, some other plays to Wandale and and Hyatt had, you know, had some big plays in the second half too. And I think around the same time, like. You you tweet out like oh the you know the future's bright I'm really excited to see like get get a quarterback in here and I'm really excited to see how this team and how this offense evolves and man that's my main takeaway from this game too I feel like the future is bright and I think if you lose this game in September and October when the season still matters it's infuriating because there's so many reasons why the Giants should have and could have won this game. A lot of um, self-inflicted and, wounds and some coaching yeah, weird yeah. issues. So, I mean, th- those things are are still there 100%, and those things do need to be cleaned up, including with a, you know a lot of guys that you know will even possibly be on this roster next year. But after all the adversity the team has been through this year, to make a team like the Rams so uncomfortable and to fight like that is really, really fun. And I don't want to – I, I don't want to understate this. Like, the Rams – the Rams are they are a good team. Like they they are a very very good team and they have good players especially on the offensive side of the ball. And Bobby, I've been through enough home losses over the years, especially like late in the year when games don't matter to take small victories like this. And whether you watch this game and you're really mad and you're really upset or it's like, "Oh, I'm I'm a Giants fan and I'm tired of moral victories." Well, then that's fine and you have every right to feel that way. But I I don't know, just being there Seeing a team fight like this against the a Rams team that I think can actually go to the Super Bowl and possibly win it, I enjoyed my my time at MetLife Stadium today, and I'm really excited about the future of this team and how they could get better. Yeah, the, what I am happy with is like, although this season has sucked, right, and we'll probably do a little more of a funeral on the season next week after the game. Like, I still feel pretty good about people in place, and starting with Brian Dable, right? Like, there's. You know, we've we've fired three straight head coaches after two seasons, right? And to me, rightfully so, despite the fact that I think 
if you kept Gettleman, you should have kept Shermer. That decision matter. But at the end of the day, like I would have, I was on board for firing Gettleman and Shermer. But like, but now we're in a, going into year three, and there's really no talk of that, right? Like, there's some issues, right? Like uh, this Wink Martindale saga. We'll we'll find out in a week from now. Like, there's some issues, but I feel good with Brian Dable as the head coach, and the main reason that is the offense, right? Is that I. I've been watching all year, guys open, you know, quarterback not be able to play up to the level. You know, I, I, you know, talent, you know, offensive line issues, talent lose out, but I've always felt good about the offensive coaching. Um, and this game to me reinforces that. Now, maybe a lot of shit changes a week from now and who stays and who goes, but like Ty- Tyrod Taylor, one, showed who he is, right? Which is a great backup quarterback. But a great backup is not a good starter, right? right? Like it very much reminded me of my film review when they signed him. Of like, man, there's some shit on here that you just don't see backup QBs do. There's some great throws. There's some starter level quarterback play, and there's also like these re- weird spells of inaccuracies yeah. and some head scratching stuff. Yeah, like just you know total gaffes under pressure. Uh, so and we we saw both of uh, of those things. So that's what kind of makes me feel good. Is like if you can get a quarterback into this and. You know, we'll see where they are draft wise, but it's like you you do feel you do feel good about it, right? You saw talent get elevated by coaching today and and quarterback play. Yeah, and even some of the guys that you have too, like Darius Slayton. This is back to back weeks now where you know with Tyrod Taylor and throwing a deep man, what a throw by what a throw by Tyrod that was just hitting him in stride. So funny how I you you watch that uh, that game Saturday night where Jared Goff hits Jamison Williams in stride, and it's like, man, when's the last time that a Giants quarterback has really hit a receiver in stride like that? Boom, 24 hours later, Tyrod Taylor does it to Darius Slayton, and it, and it's and it's a touchdown there. So what a beautiful throw. I think that's the best throw of the year. So you see back-to-back weeks now, Darius Slayton with some big plays. Wondell Robinson continues to emerge. Jalen Hyatt had... You know, a, a drop, a, a drop early in the game, but then in the second half, you know, ma- make some big plays. And you know, if teams leave him one on one, I mean, good luck. It's it's like, you know, Jalen Hyatt. You know, it's, he's gonna he's gonna outrun you, and if quarterback can get it out in front of him, hopefully Jalen Hyatt's gonna be able to catch it. Plus, you still feel like you know, it, we're saying this like excitement about the future, and while also acknowledging that. Yeah, there's things that they need to add. We're not saying that the team's perfect. We know that they need to add O-line. We know they need to add another receiver. And that's why I am excited about the future because... They're able to do this without that shit. Right, right, right. Now, now they're not winning and it's not perfect, but they're able. you're able to see the coaching. And I feel like the things that are really important and even some of the baseline players of Darius Slayton, Jalen Hyatt, Wondell Robinson, I mean, even Hodgins as like a wide receiver for, you know, you know, almost having a touchdown catch today and, do, you know, still being OK as the year goes on. That's like good signs. It's like good, positive signs. And I also like how it's being dispelled a little bit because we've been arguing. We've been arguing this since Eli Manning took his downturn as Giants fans. Can you throw the ball deep even with bad offensive line play? And the answer is maybe not always, but yeah, you you still you still can, you still can push the ball down the field even though your offensive line is bad. And especially if you have a big arm quarterback, right? Which Tyrod Taylor is not like a he's not had some massive arm, right? Um, but what he is able to do is he can still get that ball down there while not having you know stepping up in the pocket, you know, all his cleats in the ground, right? Like that pass to Darius Slayton was 62.1 air yards. That's the longest 
uh, for that's the longest since you know for a Giants quarterback since they started tracking that in 2018. Wow. It was the second longest of the year by 0.1 yards, um, and the second longest in the since 2018 was last week to Darius Slayton from Tyrod Taylor. So it's like you know, and and that's where there's a huge there's a huge difference with Tyrod and Devito in a lot of areas. I think the biggest area is the quick game, but one of those other areas is that deep middle of the field, like. That's an area that can really change the way teams play you. And you saw them take advantage of that with the Slayton uh, touchdown. The Hyatt play that got called back for holding. Where with DeVito, he threw an interception twice on that versus the Raiders and the Cowboys. And they just eliminated that from the playbook. Like He just doesn't have the arm talent to to make those types of throws even with his feet set let alone you know not fully set so but it showed off like what you can ha- do with the big arm qb and that's going to change the way th- that's going to open up stuff underneath so now and we got a lot of, of time to go and maybe they don't even get a quarterback this year right like if they end up if they end up fourth right and the first three picks end up being qbs like i'm st- i'm still excited if they're able to get their hands on marvin harrison jr or, or somebody um but so yeah, let's talk about this game. But I know we've we spent a lot talking about the future. But I do want to ask everyone: we ha- this is the first time we ever asked this. Well, if you listening on Apple or Spotify, please subscribe too. Subscribe on YouTube. Want to get a nice little subscriber bump to uh to start the year of two thousand twenty four. We I don't think we've ever asked people to subscribe on YouTube for the podcast. So subscribe, like, like and subscribe, like and subscribe. Uh, I guess be- some people. Like, this will be the last episode that they listen to of the year, even though we're not going to do our whole thank yous for the season until Friday, Justin. My thing to you is our off-season coverage does not slow down. Like, we're still putting out podcasts, film breaks down, the draft. We are going, you know, the senior bowl. We're going, we're going at a thousand miles per hour. We don't, we don't really slow. The only thing is you get, you get one less podcast app a week, but we are, we're, our coverage is, is still full throttle. I think we're busier. I honestly think we're busier. Like I, I think my, I'm look, I'm looking at my month of February and I'm looking at my month of March and uh, I I think it's busier than what what we're doing in the season between the, the senior bowl and, and all, and all that stuff. So we, we have a lot of fun. We're going to do a good job. We're going to crush it. Um, and this team is going to get better and we're going to, and we're going to, we're going to talk about it, but yeah, I mean, subscribe on YouTube because, uh, that, that really, will help us out. And even if you're watch, you know, I know a lot of people probably watch and you don't subscribe, it would, it would help to it would help to subscribe. What I want you to do. Thank subscribe. you by the way. Um what I want you to do. You had a tweet and I didn't read I try not to read too much of your stuff on game days because I don't want to have the same thoughts as you. You had a tweet where you went through like Tyrod Taylor had X amount of yards. But all of these scenarios and all of these situations were yards that were left on the table or opportunities that the Giants offense missed. Because we're talking about good things about the Giants offense, right? You know, and how, you know, we're excited for the future. They threw the ball deep, some explosive plays, yada, yada, yada. I also think they were, I, I also think they were not great, but they were much better on early downs to try and set themselves up for uh, a positive third downs or just avoid third down altogether. Um, Talk to me about that tweet that you had and some of the missed opportunities that we had on offense, you know, since we did lose the game. Yeah. Um, so I, I put Tyrod Taylor had 319 yards with a 32-yard drop by Hyde beginning of the game, right? The first drive of the game, they ended up punting on third down. You had the 47-yard pass to Hyatt taken away due to a penalty, right? I mean, that's that's 79 yards right there. You had multiple drops, like Saquon had two drops, Sterling Shepard had 
and it dropped Shepard's totally in his head. He said it. He actually said it on a podcast with Pat Leonard. Yeah, he's I like, feel bad, man. He's like, he's like, anytime I get in, I'm thinking like, don't like, you got to make sure you catch this ball or you're not going to get another opportunity. It's kind of, and he's it's kind of like a, Galladay last year. He's kind of had a few drops this year. Feel bad for him. Uh, you know, and then Tyrod Taylor on his own just had multiple big misses. Like there, that wheel, that uh, that rail wheel route, Saquon Barkley had a touchdown, and he just flat out missed him on that. Right? Um, you know, Isaiah Hodge. Now that one is not as egregious as a miss, but if he puts that ball more ahead of him, it's that's a touchdown. a touchdown to Isaiah Hodges in the red zone, right? And he's leading the team in receiving touchdowns if he catches that. Uh, you know, that second down towards the end of the game. Second and long, where Matt Parrott gets beat and Tyrod Taylor's kind of working to his left. Darren Waller's wide ass open for like a 25 yard pass, misses that. And then the biggest, most egregious one is the two point conversion, where he, he just gets in his own head and, and misses Saquon Barkley. And he said in his post game press conference that I was thinking about running, but then I decided to throw and I just flat hey, out missed it, right? You know, yeah. like, and that's. That's, you know, that's the bad of Tyrod Taylor, right? And you also had, you know, the interception on the throw to Slayton where that was a bad decision where he just misread the coverage. Um, so, like, there's a, there was a lot of bad in there too, but I think that's what excites us is neither one of us think Tyrod Taylor is some great franchise. Oh, never, thanks. He's not a, he's a great backup, but he's not a franchise, you know, uh, quarterback, but he did give you the opportunity to have a lot of big plays too. Yeah. I mean, his, EPA per play was in the 25th percentile, minus 0.13 EPA per play. His total EPA was minus 7.5, which is which was in the 17th percentile. His CPUE was at 1.5. Uh, that's what Ben Baldwin's model has it. But Next Gen's model had him at, I believe, minus 3. Yeah, so Next Gen's model had him uh, worse at, at minus 3. So, I mean, this is like Tyrod Taylor played a... Like, I think he played, like, a bad game. <laughs> there was a lot of, ton of missed opportunities and a ton, you know, a ton of, like, not great throws. And that's what, you know, metrics like EPA per play and total, like, they'll they'll penalize you for, for that kind of stuff, for missed throws and stuff like that. So, um, played a bad game, but we're still talking about an offense that was explosive and an offense that definitely did not do enough for the Giants to win the game but they had an opportunity to and you know you, we can see the fact they you could see a foundation for for success and they really didn't they really didn't run the ball at all like never on first down there were only four first downs that they ran the ball this game yeah i think Tyrod was a couple of those right uh, i mean the i mean the rushing game is just bad right it's been bad all year uh, Saquon had 12 carries for 39 yards, 3.3 yards per carry. Had a five of 12 runs were successful, 41%. Which again, he's 45th for the season. He's 45th of 47 players in success rate this year. And to me, that's that is much more of an offensive line stat than it is. That's not even much more. It is an offensive line stat. It's not a Saquon stat, which is also the argument against you know paying Saquon Barkley as well. It's not a, a shot at him as a running back, but more the running back situation. So the running, like that's, you know, there's things that, again, I'm, I'm not sitting here saying they're a quarterback away from being, you know, a top five offense. Like the offensive line absolutely does need to improve and they need to fire Bobby Johnson. Uh, we'll talk about John Michael Schmitz in a second, right? So you, you need offensive line issues. Like the running game needs to be more successful. You can't have, you can't have one of the least successful run games in the NFL or the least successful running game in the NFL and, and expect to be a really yeah. good offense. 
Um, but there is signs that they can get this shit figured out under this coaching staff, and it's not going to take moving heaven and earth to get there. The Giants' offense was average last year, right? Honestly, they were above average, like fifteenth in scoring and all, and like success rate and EPA per play. They were, you know, top ten. That's a lot of, and then this is a lot of it. That is because they just didn't turn over the ball, which I don't know. Sure, if but they they did the best they did with their personnel of having David no, Sills right. and no, Marcus right. Johnson starting. You're right. I, I I would say. I mean, what were they points per game? They did that. They also did that without being. Like being the least explosive offense in the NFL, Correct. so it was on Correct. purpose and fitting to their personnel. Correct. So, so it's not like my they were. Point. My overall point is that last year, like the Giants' offense was an average to an above average unit, and you saw the coaching, and you saw this coaching staff fit to their personnel, like Bobby said. I think if you see again, I'm not like we're not. I'm not advocating for you know oh, the Giants need to be this running and gunning top 10, top five explosive offense in the NFL, if they simply just go from a point where they are dead last every year in the same damn category since 2019, they were still bad in it, even even though we thought Daniel Jones was, was gunning it around the field. Basically, since 2019, where they've been bottom quarter in the NFL in this one damn metric that so closely leads and is so closely correlated with wins and losses in big plays, whether that's running plays, whether that's passing plays, if they simply get better in this one area, it will lead to success across the board. And even if they are average in that one category, a Giants offense that is consistently average makes you better. The Giants had an average offense last year while being dead last in the category that is most important on offense – and they won nine games and they won a playoff game. It could get better, and I really hope that it will get better. And I have faith that it will. Yeah. Again, a week from now, we'll have some more big picture conversations. Yeah. Here, here's the – and after a season like this, most underwhelming award has a lot of co- competition. You know, after 2021, you really could have – I think like 18 people got votes, and you could have made like a strong argument for seven or eight. Last year, it was only Kevin, Kenny Galladay and Evan Neal, and one of those guys didn't even play. Um, I don't, I'm not going to go with this guy, but the last couple of weeks have been pretty bad, right? And this is where the, the offensive line coaching shit just drives me nuts. And I really hope that they move on from Bobby Johnson and not just move on from Bobby Johnson, but go out and try to get the best. Not get someone who you're, you're familiar with and have a working relationship who you think is going to do better than him, but go out and try. Like make it and like treat this offensive line coach search the way you would a head coach search, because John Michael Schmitz has been struggling, right? And yeah. I know Kobe Turner has been a really good rookie, but like you're both rookies. You were a, a rookie that was drafted higher than Kobe Turner, and he got work. And there was other defensive linemen on that on that team, not named Aaron Donald, that were working John Michael Schmitz. He had a bad week last week, and he's also starting to make like mental mistakes too, right? Where earlier, like the first. Eight to ten games, right? Was John Michael Smith's killing it? No. But I thought it was actually pretty decent center play, right? And a good technique and stuff. He was using his stuff. He was, wasn't was making any mental mistakes. And there was just some guys in the NFL who were more athletic and stronger than him, right? That's the way the NFL is with some of their defensive tackle play. But now he's he's consistently not setting into like to that full man 
with defense alignment and they're just beating him to they're just getting they're just penetrating to the gap that he's blocking and it's consistently happening right where it's like has he been has he been coached now to having a fear of not oversetting and getting beat inside the way he did like versus Micah Parsons week one versus Dallas because it's it's, it's he's doing things and then with like stunts and stuff there this pro- won't probably go as a sack on him but you saw this happen a couple weeks ago of he goes to help with Aaron Donald he gets too aggressive and then there's a guy who's stunting who he should be there to account for is just running right past them right where in, in reality should have been an easy pickup so there's mental mistakes you know the the it's to me it's it's not about the physicality uh and and his you know him not having that elite athleticism right we always knew that was stuff that was going to hold him back from probably being like an elite center but it's the stuff that like it's been disappointing. Like and it's, yeah. it, to me, it's gotten it's got it's, there's been regression from John Michael Smiths. Like my my biggest issue in the middle of the season was like with the offensive line coach is like you're not seeing anything new out of the JMS. Like all of this is the same stuff he did in Minnesota, which is good. Like there's good technical work in the run game. He works leverage excellent. Like so there is good film that John Michael Smiths puts out. This isn't like an Evan Neal situation last year, where it's like this is just a bad player. There's really not much good about it. JMS puts up some good film, but there's the negatives are getting worse as the season goes along, which yeah. to me points to a coaching issue. Like JMS obviously has his own flaws he needs to work through, but to me there's there is just there's coaching issues with his offensive line, and I'm going to be devastated if they don't have a new offensive line coach a month from now. Yeah, it, it feels it feels inevitable, but it's really disappointing to hear you talk about like how JMS sets. And like he, he's not, you know, establishing that full man relationship because I thought that was one of the things he did best at Minnesota. Well, and he done, just, he did that very well the first half of the year, and then the last, you know, four games or so, it's like there's this fear of oversetting, so he's not being setting aggressive enough, right? So th- th- it is. I mean, he did he did this stuff well in the beginning of the year, so to me, it points to coaching. Yeah. Yeah, man. Crazy. Crazy. Um. I do want to clean up some other stuff on the offense. Darius Slayton, man, like again, becomes one of my favorite players on the Giants because he's going to leave them receiving again. Yep. You know, four catches for 106 yards and a touchdown today. First 100-yard game since week five of 2020. Um, you know, he's he's only uh, 40, he's, he needs 46 yards to to pass his his career high in receiving yards. Uh, oh. So I, I hope he's able to get that. He's another guy, man. Like he's now he's been like him and DJ have had a pretty good connection. But he, man, he is someone who can benefit from having, you know, that big arm QB. And you say, well, he's not a wide receiver one. I think that's one of the best things going for Darius Slayton. It's yes. like he's not a wide receiver one, and he still leads the Giants in all these categories. Like, you know, one of our talking points was when they signed Galladay. Was like this helps Slayton because this is going to help Slayton get one on one coverage, and it did. Right? Remember that beginning of that year, Slayton was just getting open deep one on one coverage that he wasn't getting the year before. And then uh, once Tony Drops started, once Tony started to emerge, and once Slayton actually missed the only two games of his career for injury, uh, Tony started to emerge, and he kind of got put in the doghouse by that coaching staff. And then, then they went to Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm. Um, so then that was the only year they didn't lead. He didn't lead the team receiving. Like he, do you don't think this guy could benefit from the Giants having a wide receiver one? Uh, which again, I think I hope is a priority for the Giants this offseason in the draft. Like, if they're not drafting Marvin Harrison Jr. Malika Avers in the first round, I, I like my hope is that that second round produces that that wide receiver one. Yeah, for sure. Um, he, he, I even heard Wandell Robinson uh, talk after the game too about 
he doesn't feel like he's fully healthy yet, which was kind of, you know, it was kind of strange to hear him like admit it. But he's like, yeah, I don't feel like I'm fully healthy yet. You know, he's like, at this point, it's it's a little over 12 months that he actually tore his ACL. He came back in like eight and a half months. And, you know, we've been saying, you know, we've been saying on the show for years that it's the the second year off the ACL that the guy is going to look his best. So I'm really excited for him. We're really excited for Hyatt. Like, you know, with those with those crux of those skill position players, we're really excited. Um, now, Waller. 77 yards and a touchdown for Wandale. Yeah. You, let's yeah. talk about Hyatt. Then we could talk about Waller. Actually, oh, sure. Is Hyatt, I am, you know, I'm confident Hyatt's a piece for the future. But there is a lot of growth that needs to happen to his game to become a major piece for the future, right? Like, he had that drop, but he also had that big play, right? So those are the things that Hyatt's going to do. But there's so many little things that he needs to improve on that aren't just like, oh, it's easy because it's a little thing. Yeah. But like last week, there was a play where it's like, oh, DeVito should have thrown this to Hyatt. And I, I agreed it should have been thrown to Hyatt, but he ta- he releases inside when he's supposed to outside, right? And like he's still open. That ball still probably should get thrown, but that can spook a quarterback, right? Where it's like, oh, he, he released inside. I'm, I'm not throwing that ball deep to him. That's That gave the safety an extra five yards to, to get, you know make a play on that. And then today on that fourth and one, and Dable actually talked to him and was like, you knew it was fourth. Did you know it was fourth down? Uh, he runs, they run that shallow cross, which they've started running with him a little bit. And he just doesn't run it deep enough, right? Because, because there's a defensive line at the end of the, at the, like, at the, end of the line of scrimmage because he's tighter to the formation. Like he doesn't want to run into him. So he just runs it, uh, uh, you know, a yard short of where he again, just is, ran backwards. This, yeah, this is a one yard route, right? Like, I'm not saying he's got to get, you know, I'm not saying you need like, oh, he got seven yards of depth and need eight. We needed just one and a half to two yeah, yards need, of depth need on this route, inches. and he doesn't get it, and that's the difference between a turnover and downs or a conversion. So there's a lot of little things that need to get into him. I'm not going to get on him for. You know, one drop. He's had really good hands on deep passes this year. He's had a couple other drops on the season, so I don't, I don't view that as an issue. Um, and you saw, he, I mean, he had a forty-nine yard pass taken off the board, not for his fault at all. Had the the third down 20, 20 yarder, where yep. uh, you know Tyrod Taylor was able to find him. So there's good things, but there is a lot of little things that need to he needs to grow on from this offseason uh, to become a more consistent player, where he's not. Because right now he, you know, it's funny, Justin, we said at the beginning of the season, like, hey, I know we all shit on that Cowboys receiver coach, but he was right about Hyatt. Yeah, like he's right. Yeah, he can't really run routes yet. Like, his speed is a threat. Now, round three pick 73, I'm fucking doing, like, I'm I'm retaking him 10 times out of 10, you know, without looking at, well, I guess I'd go Puka. But you know what I mean? Like, that's still, to me, a great a great pick. Yes, but there, there is there. There's a lot that needs to grow from him this offseason to, to become a more consistent player. And honestly, it all starts within the the first three yards of every single play. And I think yeah. that can help him a lot if he just works on the release. And I don't know about getting bigger, but he's just got to get better with release, whether it's physicality or taking the right way or getting the right depth on certain things. Did you see his train like a giant video? I did not actually. I saw. Um, no, I didn't actually. I, th- I they might tweet some of them out, but it was very hilarious that the, you know so they they play these things during commercial breaks at MetLife. It's like hi, I'm Jalen Hyatt. This is how I train like a giant. I don't really lift a lot of weights. Um, I I, I don't really stretch that much. I cause I'm, I'm I've always kind of just been naturally loose and and fast. I I kind of just like run and 
you know, I'll, I'll eat a little bit of this and eat a little bit of that. And that's how I train like a giant. And I, I found that, you know, John Michael Schmitz there was there today. Be like, yeah, twice a week I'm, uh, I'm benching and I'm squatting, you know, cause it's important for those offensive linemen to, to move guys. And then I have fruit and then I have this and then I have that. And Jalen Hyatt's like, yeah, I, I, I stretch a little bit, you know, I don't really need to stretch that much. I'm kind of naturally just very fast and loose. Um, that always made me made me he laugh. Is look it up. Very fast, so look gotta give him credit for that. You want to talk about Darren Waller? I kind of do, man. He he needs to catch that ball on the sideline, right? I mean, uh, it was it was that, a bad that, throw. It was by too far. Like, I, I, here's the thing: I, I want to I don't want to penalize balls that are just like that are out of Darren Waller's grasp, and he doesn't catch them. And we're like, well, just be fucking Darren Waller. Well, it's like just put the ball a little, you know, a half a yard closer to him, right? Like, there's been times where I'm like, I want Darren Waller to make a play, but I, like. I'm tired of like my criticism being like, "Hey, you're wide open, but the guy fucking missed you, so just kind of be spectacular." Like, I'm I'm kind of tired of that too. Where it's like, why is this guy being penalized for being like? And still, he like he had six targets, five of fifty-one. The one target that he didn't comp- didn't turn to a completion, he was missed on what would have been a twenty-five yard pass. Yeah, and if and if and. That's if he just catches it. It's a 25-yard pass. If you throw it to him in stride, it could be even bigger. So we'd be talking about, oh, Darren Wallace, six catches, 85 yards. Damn good game for him. You know, he's second on the, you know, he's second in the team receiving despite missing the most games out of anybody in the receiving group. And, but it's like, uh, makes, won't you make some, like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm, 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 I'm not going to penalize a guy for quarterbacks missing him, which has happened with every single one of these quarterbacks this year. I thought he looked fast today. I mean that that was that was one of the main things that I was trying to see as we end this season because it's like I I know he can get open and he is fast. Yeah. He's just not very super agile down once he's once he gets going. Like he's right. can work the he's agile in like the short area. Once he gets going, like he's six foot fucking six. Yeah, yeah, which is which is fine. But I I wanted to see. I I don't know if it was the eighteen yard play. But I wanted to see. It's like, oh, are you still fast? Like, are you are you Darren Waller? And there was a play that he had. I was like, oh, that that's that's fast. That's that's Darren Waller's speed that I'm, you know, that that I wanted to see. And it, it's probably the the biggest disappointment of the year isn't necessarily that oh, like Darren Waller has been bad because I think there's a lot of circ there's a lot of circumstances around him that explain to why he hasn't been as productive, but. I think the disappointing thing is is that if they have stable quarterback play and if they have a little bit better offensive line play, I think Darren Waller would be as advertised. You know, maybe not as training camp where he's getting the ball every single down, but it would be as advertised as to how much we did hype it up over the summer. Yeah, I mean, most of his games coincide with Thomas being injured. And that's one of the things we're going to look back at this season is all these years we've talked about how important Thomas is and you – you really did see it, right? Like the, this, the, the guy's truly so important to this Giants offense, yeah. and his health is like priority number one going forward. Oh, didn't even mention the Wandale run, the rushing touchdown that he had. Yeah, um, you know, a- Andrew Thomas and John Michael Schmitz uh, le- leading the way on that. So slapping the bitches, popping the hose. They, they were, they were, they were getting out in front, and Wandale had some nice moves on that play. Awesome stuff by Wandale and, and the guys up front. Um. By by them, yeah. Like I said, eighty it was eighty seven total yards and a touchdown for Wandale. Very good, good game for him. Had a big catch at the end of the half. So, last thing I want to talk about: Giants offense versus Rams defense. Guess who had a tackle for a loss? I want to give you a hint. I said this guy's name 
like five times in a row, multiple times. On the Rams? Yes. Think of draft coverage. Where I just keep saying this guy's name over and over again. Oh, it's uh, it's the it's Mister Irrelevant. Deswan Johnson Toledo. Deswan Johnson Toledo. Deswan Johnson Toledo. I've never been more excited for a negative Giants play because they're like tackle for loss by Deswan Johnson. I'm like Deswan Johnson. Deswan Johnson. Toledo, Mister Irrelevant. All right, let's go. Last five Mister Irrelevants, Justin. Deswan Johnson. Sure. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Know it. Uh. Grant Heward, linebacker out of Houston. Tay Crowder. Tay Crowder. That's right. So since I've been paying attention, I, I got I got those down. Grant Heward's on the Bucks. I think he's still on the Colts. Let's look it up. Is Grant Heward still on the Colts? Pick him up. Or not Grant Heward, Grant Stewart, I meant. Um so does that count as remembering it? Yeah, he's still on the Colts, I think. Hell yeah. Pick him up. Yeah, he's on the Colts. How about that? Uh Let's take a time to read an ad. Um, go to the tailgate next week. Shop.johnboymedia.com. You click on events. The link is also in the description. Um, we have one more tailgate. And that's it. Until September. I was just so going to not read an ad and then move to the defense as a joke. But yeah, well, I'm glad, the- well, I'm glad that we had an opportunity to promote the tailgate next I week. I just wanted to confuse the listeners. I mean, like, where, what, the, what what happened nope. there? Was that like an automatically placed ad that they forgot to put in? What, what no, happened No, we there? never oh, never do automatically placed ads. I wouldn't say all, never because – anyway, defense. Wink Martindale's uh, – this was a, a game where, like, you kind of had a Wink Martindale wreaks havoc type of, of a game. You also saw it had some really bad moments in there, but at the end of the day, playing the Rams, I thought there was more good for, than bad coaching wise and just you know player wise. You know, on the money downs of third and fourth down, they were two for nine. You had three of your sacks on those. Uh, their two conversions were a four yard run by Kyron Williams on third and two, and then the eighty yard Puka Nakua catch, which we will talk about. Uh, you know, all four sacks were off of the Wink Martindale blitzes, right? Uh, whether it was Bobby O'Karake, Isaiah Simmons at the end of the game, uh, and the Jihad Ward one, where he like dr- like shows that like, hey, I'm going to be the guy who drops in the line of scrimmage. Offensive lineman slams down, he runs in, gets a sack, uh, and they didn't like press up and play a ton of man coverage because of who they were playing. You know, he had no Deontay Banks, and you're playing against a great you know receiving duo of, uh, of Nakua and Cup, and your zones kind of worked right where they. They played a little too off the first drive of the game, and they were able to, to drive down. But you started kind of squeezing in on those zones as the end of the game, yep. and it forced Stafford to try and make some tight throws. And like that, that Dane Belton first interception, right? Wasn't an overthrow by Matt Stafford? Yeah, but it was an overthrow because that's honestly a throw that Stafford shouldn't be making if you're drawing up on a whiteboard. But because it's Stafford, he feels he can fit yeah. that shit in there. He overthrows it. Dane Belton, uh, Dane Belton interception. Um, so. You know, I, you know, we'll talk about the Adore and you know how you held them up. The biggest issue, though, is they just can't stop the run successfully, consistently. Like they have the guys to have a decent amount of negative, uh, you know, run plays per game, but they just, you know, we talked about Saquon bad success rate. Kyron Williams had successful runs on twelve of twenty plays. That's sixty percent in this game. The running back lead high this year is Aaron Jones at sixty percent. Kyron Williams is right behind him at fifty nine point nine. Um, and two of the unsuccessful runs were the last drive of the game where they were just trying to 
run the clock at, which ended up being a bad decision by McVay and Stafford. Yeah. Um, I wonder how many of those runs I'm trying to like, remember it on the top of my head. Um, I think not having corners that are Nick McLeod was playing in this game. I think he's fine against the run, but having corners that are just not interested or, and are not very good in run run defense really does hurt you more, more than you would think. And more than you would think. And usually that like that's hurt them this year. That's helped them on outside runs. And this game versus the Rams where they use like Nakua and cup to, come in line and block, right? Like, that's why they fit the Rams so well is because they block so so well. Uh, like, that's when they, you know, the flots and the Adores, Jacks. So, I had a tweet, man. And, you know I me, mean? I don't like to, like, go at players' effort and stuff. Adore, to me, was playing soft as fuck today, right? Whether it was taking on tackles, uh, taking on blocks. And I'm like, man, this guy just is not looking for contact, right? He is he is doing like he's actively avoiding contact in this game. Then he forces a fumble and it's like, oh, how about that, Bobby? Then you you see it. The Puka Nakua 80 yard play. I mean, that's Adore had him tackled five different times, but he just lets him go. And that's, you know, that's that, that again, if we weren't if this was a game that mattered, that's the difference between winning and losing stuff right oh, yeah. there by Adoria Jackson. Right, it, it it felt like a game where he's like, I know I'm a free agent. I want to get to free agency healthy type play. I mean, because if if Adore doesn't go soft on that play, you hold Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup to 72 yards combined. Like that's that's a hell of an effort. But instead, you know, they go for you know 145 combined, which is still pretty good considering those two guys, or at least average. But and it's because Adore got soft with a tackle, and again, one of their two third down conversions was. Adore Jackson giving up the play and then tackling like like as soft as can be. Are you talking about, you said there was a Cooper Cup play? There was one where he took a really bad angle and then he had an opportunity to tackle a guy from behind and then he just didn't. Yeah, and it was taking on blocks. The one t- like there was one tackle he did make, but he just like he pulled like what Trey Hawkins got benched for. Whereas like he didn't do any form. He just he just literally bent at the waist and hoped that it would it would tackle him, right? Like he was, yeah. He to me, he was actively avoiding contact in this game. It, it very much. If there was one player who's like the being eliminated from the playoffs affected, it's Adore Jackson. Oh like yeah. It very much, it felt like I need to get to free agency healthy, and it didn't show up too much in individual plays until the Puka Nakua. Which again, if you play like that consistently in the game, it's gonna show up, and it showed up. Yeah. So I'm not gonna get hyped about a forced fumble on a play that he got beat. Awesome. Good job poking the ball out. Love that. But that doesn't excuse all the other shit. No, he, he was not ready to play the game of football today. You you, know, you could say, oh, you know, he covered well, whatever, this or that. The, the game of football is a violent game. You know, I think back to, you know, how my how my father raised me on the game of football. Violent game. You got to be ready to rock and roll. You got to be ready to, you know, dog eat dog. What, uh, Dory Jackson was not ready to play a football game today. And I probably since like Antonio Hamilton was the last time that I like got very mad at a corner for just like, what are you doing? That that's probably, that's the, that's the last name I could think of. Like Darnay Holmes is just small and he gets mossed, but at least I think he tries. Um, Oh, his holding call really hurt. We'll talk. I think special teams is usually the final segment of the show. Um, Yeah. But uh, Adoree Jackson was not ready to play the game of football today. And that was really, Really, really upsetting from somebody who 
like I, I view his tenure and his, and his time as a giant as very successful. And I think he's a, I think he is an underrated player, but really leaving a sour taste in my mouth over how this year has gone simply with his willingness to come up and tackle and play the run, which that was something that I viewed as a positive. His oh, first two years. Great. Here. I mean, his first two years here were great, right? Obviously the missed games play into that, but on the field, they were outstanding. I mean, I voted him most outstanding defensive player in 2021 and in 2022, he was right up there until one, he got hurt. And then Dex just really took off with, yeah. um, as the season went along. Yeah. So um, disappointing. So, yeah, I mean, and you know, he was, he was pivotal, 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 pivotal in the playoff win versus the Vikings, right? You saw the huge difference of, you know, the two games playing Justin Jefferson, one with the doorway, one without. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, that was frustrating to see. And I, I do think his time as a giant is, is has one game yeah. left on it. And honestly, I, I would not be shocked if they have one game left and, they kind of set a set a statement, like set a standard, like, "Hey, you're you're done. We got one game left. We'll we'll play Trey Hawkins over you." I'd be okay with that. Which I do want to have a Trey. We're getting a little long. Mailbag. There's three things I want to hit on mailbag. Trey Hawkins, Kayvon Thibodeau. Maybe we'll just actually don't ask about Kayvon. We're going to use the same. No, question we're going to use the same week. question. Yeah. And then the other one is shit. What did I? Have? It was something about Saquon. Um. We didn't no, talk about. Think it w- we didn't really talk about Saquon during the first half, and we had some thoughts on him before the show. Um, I don't. He had a drop. Saquon did have a drop. I don't think it was on about Saquon. Man, that's really bothering me. Of what I what I can't. All remember. right, well, you you think of it because I have something that I want to say about Wink and and the, and the defense because we started talking about Dory. We started talking about some individual people. I I said it at the top of the show. I don't want to. I don't want to brush aside just, you know, we're a giant show. We're, we're going to talk about the Giants, right? That's what we do. But I don't want to brush aside. The Rams have been a top three offense in the game of football. It's been the 49ers. It's been the Cowboys. And it's been the Rams since week 10, like the second half of this year. The Rams have been a top three offense in football. EPA per play wise and efficiency wise. Um, They've been really good. Matthew Stafford, like all, all 22 people, they're they're clipping up Matt Stafford making all these crazy nutso throws to Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, and Demarcus Robinson, whoever. You know, the, the sidearm stuff, you know, the arm angles, the arm slots, and fitting it into tight windows. And it like, you know, you if you listen to the preview pod, it's like I, I think the Rams have a good shot of winning the NFC. And I kind of still think that after this game, but like, if you get a team that is willingly like, all right, we want to blitz and we can bring pressure, Matt Stafford can get rattled. And, you know, you saw that even in his time with Detroit and making some bad decisions, but he hasn't been doing that towards the second half of this year. He's been scary freaking good. And Cooper Cup and Puka Dakua are scary freaking good together. And the running game is there and the offensive line is coming together. So even though, like, yeah. The, there's moments in this game where, you know, yeah, you don't you don't love some things from Wink Martindale, but again, like I, I look at who on that D line besides Dexter Lawrence is really making a difference and is dominating the game. No one. Bobby Okereke dominates game. Good Mike linebacker. We know Wink Martindale likes that. Who in the secondary is really locking it down? 
I think there's some more liabilities in the secondary, you know, especially when Cordell Flott's back there, which I, I Cordell Flott is very it's most frustrating player on the team because he has good moments and then he has really, really bad moments. What Wink Martindale is doing right now, I, I think he almost single-handedly, again, helped win the game for the Giants. Putting Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford in uncomfortable situations, making throws that he hasn't been making towards the second half of this year. He was rattled. Matthew Stafford was rattled, and he did not know what he was saying. And I'll read the quotes that, nothing crazy, but the quotes that Matthew Stafford and uh, um, Sean McVay had to say after the game. Matt Stafford, uh, this is from Dan Duggan. Got to give the Giants a lot of credit on defense and wink. They present about as tough of looks as you can present to an offense in some of those situations. Sean McVay, I've got a ton of respect for Wink Martindale. He does a great job. I thought their players executed well. Um, uh, I, I, this isn't necessarily... Uh, yeah, th- you know what? This is Wink propaganda. This is Wink Martindale. This is Wink Martindale propaganda. Keep the freaking guy in the building. Yeah, man. It's... <laughs> well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens a week from now because... You know, I I was pretty pissed at the Saints game, but Wink has showed up since then, right? He's showed yeah. up since then, um, and it's going to be tough to swallow that you that they fumbled. And again, they're not fumbling this. Because, this is not a breakup out of to me. Just oh, you're doing a bad job coaching, which is like I want to keep these coaches intact outside of the special teams coordinator and the offensive line coach. Um. I cannot remember what it was, but it, it is what it is. Bobby O'Karake, I mean, has a couple sacks, makes some good plays in the run. He has been so much fun to watch. And that's another play. Like, I hope he gets a year or two in a Wink Martindale scheme. Right? Like yes. I don't want to I don't want to put him back in a, in a in a different scheme. I want to see him do what he's doing in this scheme and, and to become a better, you know, grow in coverage, you know, grow as as he's feeling the run game. Like he's been awesome to watch. You know, grow as they add, you know, hopefully, you know, better defensive linemen and and guys that they can trust. What, what do you think about Dane Belton? How it's it's ins- I'm going to look up the stat. Like he just creates turnovers. Like the guy's first play in the NFL, first play in the NFL was recovering a fumble on a kickoff. And ever since then, the guy just has turnover, turnover, turnover. Every time he's on the field, the guy's creating turnovers. It's the Nico Lelos effect. No, but it's it's crazy. I mean, it's why I. It's why I picked him to lead the team in interceptions because it, it just feels like the ball the ball finds him. And it's crazy that Jason Pinnock was in a walking boot in the locker room after the game. If if Dane Belton gets one more interception next week against Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles and nobody else gets an interception, then he will lead the team in interceptions despite playing, what, maybe 300 snaps this year? That's my that's my guess. I'm going to see if that's really wrong. So it's got to be less than that. Um I mean, he had the he had two interceptions last year. He had one, two, so he had four turnover. He had two fumble recoveries last year, two interceptions. I think he led them last year in like turnovers. When you consider that, uh, I think he was tied with the interception. He was t- he was tied for the interception lead last year. This year, he has he had 185 defensive snaps leading into this game. Um, so I, I was almost right with 300. Let's just if, if he played 50 snaps today, that's 235 snaps. He had two interceptions and a fumble recovery. How many fumble? Oh, my God, with these fireworks. I, for some reason, I can't pull up his fumble recoveries for 2023. 
Maybe he didn't have one before this, and that's why. Anyways, maybe that's why it's not showing up in the the Dane Belton game logs for 2023. Uh, yeah, but it's very fun. And honestly, none of them are like great play Dane Belton either. No. Like the one versus around. the Texans is good. But the funny thing about that is, remember that he gave up a touchdown on the same exact thing, and then they called a penalty on on like holding or something, and the Texans ran the same exact play the next play, and they, he got the interception. So, yep. like, the other one was versus the Eagles last year, and then the, obviously fumble recoveries. Like, those those are basically right place, right time uh, stats. It's, it's very funny how the guy just created Storms. He had a few in can- training camp, too, I think, right? Yep. Got a nose for the ball, they say. So, uh, let's see. What what do we what else do we have from this game? I mean, Gunnar Olszewski punt return touchdown, ninety three yards. How about that? Special teams, take that and shove it up your pipe and smoke it. Thomas McGay, he says to all the Giants fans, even though they missed uh, an extra point, uh, almost had a kick blocked, um, but there was a penalty, and then they missed the game winning field goal. We did really never talk about that end of game sequence. Yeah, uh, I mean, it all started with, I mean, it was a really bad punt, and Gunner, you know, returns it to the 40-something yard line, and then Darnay Holmes gets a holding penalty, brings him back, you know, 15 yards, and instead of the Giants starting at midfield, they're starting at the 35-yard line, and that's like, you know, those 15 yards are, you know, a very big difference in, you know, it being a 53-yard field goal and a you know, maybe like a a forty yard field goal. So, yeah, and so they ran the ball on second and ten on that draw play. Dable was pissed about it, and when asked about, it, I was like, "Yeah, I'd want that play back." And they and they asked him, "Well, is that a play that you know you just call a run, or, or was that checked into?" And what did he say? Like, I, I just I just rather have that play back because Tyrod Tyrod said that was the play. Ty, Tyrod kind of Tyrod did that, say that. Yeah, he, he okay. I think then they it's asked on Dable. Because Tyrod yeah, they, would tell the truth if he did check it. Yeah, I, I, Tyrod was like, that was the play. Like, I, I think they, I think they asked him, like the reporter asked him, like, do you want that play back or did you not like that play call? He was like, no, that was that was the play. I, I don't call the plays. So he very much made it clear, at least in my opinion and how I was listening to it, Tyrod Taylor made it clear that that was the play call. I mean, if if any, I understand why you're running it because you don't want to throw an incomplete pass and then the Rams get to save a timeout, but. At least run it under center. Like I, I, I can't stand the, the the second and long shotgun run. I kind of lose my mind. It was a draw play too, which is yeah, which takes even longer to develop. Yeah, blocking tight end. I'm really hoping Only the Chiefs don't kick a field goal here for the spread picks. Um, oh. They're up by five. If they kick a field goal, then they cover the spread. Shit. How about the Tommy DeVito chance? Uh, were they loud, or was it, or was it the typical like the it Yankees? Wasn't loud, no. So it, like it, I've I've, I've, I've learned middle. that the the Yankees reporters, anytime there's any booing, they will tweet it out because it gets a lot of interaction. Like, what percentage of the place was chanting for Tommy DeVito? Ten. But here's the thing: you heard it, but it wasn't like loud. It wasn't like. Because I mean, here's like Tyrod would make a fucking terrible throw, and then he would make a good throw, and then it's like, then it's just whispers. It's whispers, whispers. Yeah, whispers. The, the reaction to that is over. That's one quarterback. Anytime, like that's always going to happen. Channing. I remember 
I remember I was at a Bucks game where Josh Freeman was the quarterback, and I cannot remember who their backup was, but it was like the like this. You cannot ever put this guy in for a Josh Freeman type backup, and they're chanting for the backup. People don't even know who the backup was. Yeah. Um. So I'm not gonna. And obviously, Devito has some fanfare. Uh, but I did. Uh, I did get a little bit of a kick out of that. It, it was happening. Someone it, responded to our to our game trade. It's like you guys said, Ty- Tyrod Taylor was so much better than Devito. Like I did the the dumb and yeah. dumber gift of like, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. this is this is the example. Just of because it. we're calling Tyrod Taylor better than Tommy Devito doesn't mean we think he's Joe Montana, but we think that he's better than Tommy Devito. <laughs> Which is the issue. It's like, anyways. Yeah. Um. That's and that's why I made such a big deal about it. It's like I do believe Devito lied to the locker room, right? Like, there's no way that you mean that, Dable, yeah, Dable. Like, there's no way he thought he gave them the best chance to win, and they kind of proved in their action that they were never really invested in his future. But, anyways, I, I'm I'm one more game, Justin, one more game. So we will be back for a mailbag, and then our our final preview pod, which the I'll be on the so. This Chiefs, we'll see. It's going to be close. Also, I won't give away too much for the the final preview pod. Danny had a great game in fantasy, the second best game of the season. Whoa! And fantasy, so we thought it was over. It ain't over. Um. So we'll we'll get into all that. Any 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 other thoughts or any things that come across come across your mind? No. Did you hit twenty five k followers? Because no. we are currently six hours away from me doing the final tallies of the year. I think the bots. I lost like 18 followers because of bots. Um, so I'm sitting at 24.972. So I well, think I think I'm going to be ending the year with 24.9. That's the thing is like you lose. You, I guess happened to me. It's like you just lose all these followers. Like, I mean, at, like at one point even, I had 29.99, and then just yeah, over- I saw that. It's 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 they um they just you know, the like you said the bots are out of. Which is like when Elon said he was taking over Twitter, that was the main thing. And it's, it's, it's become an issue since he took over Twitter. Where before it was like not that much of an issue unless you were like on politics Twitter. Where now it's it's a major issue. Um, so anyways, appreciate you guys. Uh, we will see you Wednesday for a mailbag pod. Hope you guys enjoyed the... Uh, the the new year and all the college bowl games that come with it and i hope you guys enjoyed the can you hear the fireworks in the background justin no but uh maybe we'll be able to hear it on your when i when i listen to your good audio how about that all right we appreciate you guys we'll see you on wednesday until then let's go big blue